I know how the internet works. Internet boyfriends. Hello and welcome to an episode of Internet Boyfriends. I am Joe, and with me, as always, is the Corey to my Sean from Boymates World. Because I'm going to clarify that to other people. Because because I barely knew what that was, and I watched that. I don't know how many fucking years ago that was. How many drinks have you had tonight? Too many. Okay. I just want to start with that. I want to start with that. So. And I'm going to say right now that the Terry Pratch episode you may hear sometime after this is also possibly polluted by the too many preamble drinks. What happens if we have to scrap an episode? And we're not scrapping. Either. I'm going to say <laughs> now we're not scrapping any of the episodes, no matter how drunk I get. Okay. Okay. So, so we're doing I, this. I, I, we it, we will do completely drunk Ryan while Joey manages him if necessary. Because I need to talk about Terry Pratchett, and I can't do it twice. I think that's... I think that's and that's the second episode, so right now, first we're going to put something else. But I'm just saying, we talked for an hour before we're starting to record. <laughs> and so I may be a little, already a little tipsy. Cause You're I can't kind of braggy about that now. I'm just, I'm just saying, because we're, we're buds. We're, we're in and out boyfriends. We talk we beforehand. I'm just saying, right. so we, we should record this episode, because we got... You knew you knew we were doing this episode because I, I wanted to introduce I wanted to introduce you know every episode we're gonna do yeah, uh, yeah, I no. wanted to introduce a topic in this episode something that we talk about something that we've kind of been talking about that you wanted to talk to me about because you suspected I was thinking about mentioning that thing that we discussed when we saw your friend status message on Facebook that one time there's and... too many thing friend and status I don't know what you're talking about specifically oh I do know is this is the this is the say, picture of this the is the of this yearbook. is the pineapple pizza episode. The pineapple pizza episode. We saw a picture of That's a very alliterative pineapple pizza. <laughs> take it down, take it down a notch, take it down a notch. I'm going to stop interrupting for a while while Joey talks. Saw a screen cap or a, a picture or whatever of a girl's yearbook quote which was I believe if you like pineapple slices on pizza, I hope you like pineapple slices on your children's graves. I think it was children's graves or family's grave uh, because you're weak, your bloodline is weak and you will not survive the winter. That's and essentially correct. Yeah, I for for sort of kind of having that in my notes, I think I did pretty well. But yeah, uh, yeah so we started kind of going off on a tear about food, which we haven't talked about yeah. in a while. Like, we haven't talked about that in like, what, like 50 episodes now? It's been a while. My, my, yeah. I don't know if you're friends with Pat, but like my, my buddy Pat Loika posted this on Twitter uh, about the, this whole thing that Joey shared. And I, I talked to Joey and I am about it before it came to his feed via some people. And I am fully pro pineapple on pizza. And Joey seems to be not fully, but definitely against pineapple on pizza. I have, and so we are in different pizza tribes, possibly. Yeah. Well, no, but okay. Here's the thing, I, though. I'm just saying There's that because I like the idea of us as the sort of tribes podcast. I think that every podcast is going to be. I mean, it is, but we we are objectively the tribes. Right? We we are openly like, oh, we talk about tribality, well, tribalism. Man, it, you it, really make me hit this one like at sixty miles an hour. I, I, you yeah, you, you got to. You we chatted for too long beforehand, so it's just gonna have to. You got to work hard for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be good, but I can't promise to be good because I'm lit at this point. I I know. I I read about it on Twitter, so <laughs> I I can understand a little bit of tribalism around like mass media or things like that. We sure. before before we were well, you were drunk. We were talking about how much we both love Fury Road. And how we're like Mad Max, everyone's talking about Mad Max, and it feels really good to be in that tribe for once of where everyone's like, yeah, 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 like, like, like shiny and chrome, shiny and chrome. It's, like, it's or, great that the fuck men's rights activist group is the part we're part of. Like, it's like, oh, this movie that's yeah. great is also the fuck men's rights activist group. I'm like, this well, is all fantastic. The planets, all the planets aligned. It worked out great. Yeah, everything worked out great, and, and everything's okay. Like every Mad Max is Mad the post-apocalyptic little, little hobo. Yeah. Little, yeah. Littlest hobo. I'm sorry for the Canadians out there. This is a Canadian show where a German shepherd wandered around, essentially Lassie-esque, and, and helping people solve issues. Not just crimes, but issues in general. So in Canada, there was the show called Littlest Hobo, and Mad Max is essentially Littlest Hobo where Max is the hobo. Well, we it, and like that problem-solving dog, it brought us all together to solve this problem yeah. of tribalism. And I think now we're finally ready. Like we're on the cusp. 
Like I've been, I know I've been really, things have been going okay with work. Like things have been going okay in general with my life. And whenever that happens, um, the show, the shoe's going to drop at some point. Well, yeah, I've been, okay. I've been pretty on and off depressed for the last two weeks. Like I've been, it's been a rough two weeks. Today was a pretty rough day. Yeah. Um, and yes, but I'm okay. Like I'm okay, but I've realized I really haven't been campaigning hard to be your new commune leader. And I feel like now after seeing Mad Max and after in being in the post Mad Max world, I feel like it's the time as your potential commune leader to come out and say that I get why we're we have this tribalism around mass media and uh, like uh, comics and movies and all this stuff because it's such a huge influence on how I, we. I, I'm gonna pause and cause an asterisk as the editor's note. If you want to hear about Joey being the commune leader, listen to the PubChat podcast about him talking about cheese and. Other things, not about Winnipeg, and, and uh, <laughs> don't listen to him talk about House of Cards. No, essentially, the other episode is the one you want to do because it's a nebulous topic episode of Joey educating Colin and Adrian about things, uh, and it's great. It's a great episode, and I've heard both of them, and I forgot there was two of them, but I love them both. Close asterisks. Close asterisks. Close, close brackets. Mo- and the editor's note. Okay. I'm the editor, apparently. Kinda, kinda. In the in the in the Stan Lee sort of way, you are the editor. Yes, that's yes, exactly very- in a Stan Lee way, where I'm stepping all over the artist involved and saying it's all my idea. It's a Stan Lee way. <laughs> oh, we're coming out hot tonight. Oh my yes, god, so- this is eventually we get to the actual time of the podcast. So, Joey. Yes. Now that well, we've now that we've established where you taught to us as a community before. Where are we going tonight? Where we're going tonight is trying to figure out why the hell people are forming tribes around food. Because I get I get the rest of it. I can understand if you're really upset about a movie or you this is a comic book that you really like or whatever it is, because those things Wait those things are your no. world. No. No, what? What do you mean? No. Being as being as geeky about food is as relevant as being geeky about a movie. Or a TV show or a comic book. Bullshit. No, 100%. I'm fully on board with this. I will yell at you if necessary. I can understand if you are eating a lot of ethnic food and that's how you're experiencing other cultures through food. But the thing is, is that so few people in America do that. Fuck Americans. We experience other cultures through media, not through food. That's not my fault. I live in Canada. (laughs) I live in Montreal. The food okay. capital of Canada. Would you would you rather have a conversation about what is the best toppings to put on pizza, or would you rather have a conversation about what was promised, fucking promised to us, like about the internet? Like back when I said I wanted my twelve dollars back from the I internet. I mean, honestly, what, pizza. No, 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 no. The, the question was pizza, or would you rather talk about which Autobot would make the best sidekick? Oh, P- no, pizza, pizza, really, pizza. And but I fucking how, love Transformers. How, I've seen the old animated Transformers movie. I don't have any idea how many times I've seen the old Transformers movie. But, like, I would definitely rather talk to a person about what they would put in their pizza over whether Bumblebee is a great sidekick or not. But how does that... How does and that and it's, they're both equally dumb, frankly. But, like, one might change my view and like, oh, I might get a different pizza next time. I'm not going to get a different Transformers movie. But like, I would love to hear someone like, I am fully, like, I'm squarely no vegetable pizza camp. So, so what you're saying is it's way more likely that I could change your opinion on green peppers than on hot rod. Not on green peppers. Or Rodimus Prime. Not on green peppers. Green peppers are garbage. But like, oh, hmm. this is a tough, this is a difficult situation because Internet, the thing is, <laughs> green peppers taste like dirt, and Hot Rod turned into Rodimus Prime, who became the the follow-up leader and distant second to Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots. And I would rather talk about uh, Hot Rod slash Optimus Prime over green peppers. But generally speaking, because it affects our reality more, I would rather talk about pizza over Transformers. I love Transformers. I really do love Transformers. But they're not really important in an everyday life. And so the Hawaiian pizza dispute is frankly 
a more important and time sensitive argument in my life. But I feel as if that if we're just chasing the most important or influential, the thing that has the most influence on your life, then why are we talking about food? Why are we not talking about actual like interpersonal issues or things that, you know, quote unquote matter? Because well, like, honestly, like, you know, does because I haven't seen you since kind of 20, Jesus, 2012. Like I haven't seen you in years now. Yeah. no. I, like I, it's been a long time since I've seen you, Joey Heflick, as a person in real life. Sure. And so food is a way to take that and not need to have seen the person in real life to talk about it. So I can talk to you about pineapple pizza or crushed ice and margaritas or whatever. While or do not you have having... a problem with crushed ice and margaritas? It's a, a fucking abomination to humanity. But like I could talk to you about that without necessarily seeing you in person. So we can talk about these nonsense, like, I mean, really speaking, like, I'm going to be honest, like, say this like I'm a full sage of some sort, but like, really, crushed ice and pizza does not fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter at all. But we haven't seen each other in person in a long time, so it's a valid conversation to have between the two of us in reality. But I'm not saying, okay, I'm not saying... And and I'm fully pro-pineapple, or also blueberries... It's a little bit of conversation. Blueberries on pizza? Yeah, totally solved with that. Huh. And also, and I've fully forgotten it because we we talked too much before we started recording this. I'm, I'm, anyway, I'm fully sold on food stances as a conversation topic for people I don't see all the time than I am in other things. Like, really, we can talk about all sorts of really fully important things like the the instability in the Middle East or whatever, or we could talk about pineapple on pizza, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna cave and be that guy, but I would rather talk about pineapple on pizza because it's easier and simpler, and I don't have to deal with Palestine versus Israel, and it's 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 easy, and I understand that it's a simple topic to talk about, but we're gonna do it. <laughs> do you, do you want to hear a story? I do want to hear a story. Okay. The reason why I think maybe I'm stuck in this mindset is because my first experience with the internet was we had this tech school. Like like back in the day, they had you'd go to high school or you'd go to tech school. And if this you went to tech the, school, this is in the twisted monkey days. Yeah, this is uh, 90s, 1990s. Um, oh, I, I'm assuming it still exists because I know the school is still there. But it's for <laughs> it's for the the the, the high performing. But a friend of ours uh, called it Starfleet Academy. If you do real well and you know where you want to be in high school, if you're one of those lucky kids that actually kind of knows where they're at in high school, I was not one of those kids. You get to go to Starfleet Academy and they send you through and you get to learn all sorts of things. Mm. So this place was around the corner from my primary school and they were the first people. We, we, had, a, we had a field trip to this school because they were the first school in the area that had the internet. And we got to go sit down. We were, we were, this is, I was really young. I maybe 93, 94, I guess. No, maybe, I don't even know. Yeah, maybe 94, maybe 95, because I'm trying to think when did pre Netscape, I think, or no, no, it was, yeah, it was right around when Netscape first came out, I think. So whenever that was. Um, There's no, it was pre Netscape. I was, we definitely met post Netscape. Like it, might, it was definitely. Oh, no, 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 no. This is way. This is way before I met you. This is way before I met you. I was. I was but a child. I, I mean, was either a, way, I was it was post mosaic. So it was like pairing Netscape. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to say like 94, 95. So 94, 95, because I was. I'd be around nine, ten years old. So that sounds about right. So we we went to Starfleet like Starfleet Academy to see uh, this this computer machine that they had, and they had a whole, whole lab of computer machines. And they were all hooked up to this internet thing, and you could watch things supposedly. It was supposed to be like a new TV kind of thing. This this whole information superhighway was part of that, uh, of where you'd be able to get all this information coming to your house through TV and the com- computer machine and all the rest of it. And they talked us taught about email. And we went on a tour of the school, and they taught us all about like you know how this internet thing was going to be really big in the future. This is a, a fucking field trip. Like a legit field trip that we went on. So to give anyone an idea, like I don't know what people do now for field trips or what kids did like, you know, years ago on field trips, but apparently this was a big fucking deal. That sounds so, like a better field trip than most of the field trips I went on. What did you so, go? What were your field trips? I went to like we went to Ottawa, which is the 
This is the Canadian capital. Yeah, but you fucking went somewhere. This but like, like, this no, is no, like we, we went, the town over. We went to, like, well, in Canada, everything's far apart. So, like, we went to Ottawa for, we went, went to Quebec City in grade five, I guess, five, six, to, yeah. like, just to, like, see Quebec City and the, like, the Plains of Abraham and other sort of Quebec history. And we went to Niagara Falls in, I want to say my grade five. No, it was definitely my grade five. Because I got uh, pink-eyed by someone. Uh, brown, sorry. <laughs> the word is brown-eyed at that point from somebody who was in grade six when we went to Manor Falls. So, like, I was I was in a grade five-six split, and I was the grade five part of it. So yeah. I was in a room with uh, me and a friend who was in grade five and two guys who were in grade six who we were friendly, friendly with, but not really friends with. And I got uh, I, I got to see a close-up view of someone's sphincter in, uh, from a grade sixer. So it is what it is. But yeah, so we saw Niagara Falls and I killed some pigeons and, and seagulls, but it is what it is. Yeah. Very formative experience. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we, we were sitting eating assorted junk food by the falls in the, the much superior Canadian version of Niagara Falls and the American version. And we threw things over the falls so that seagulls would chase it and we, we had the idea that, oh, they died trying to catch that thing. When realistically speaking, now I'm, I don't know how many, how many years older, 20 years older, that they clearly survived. We did, they flew away somewhere we could accost them in some way. But, uh, yeah, we, we, I was fucking 12 at the time. I was a lunatic who tried to kill seagulls. <laughs> it is what, yeah, it, hey, like I said, it is what it is. Yeah, I wasn't any less of a lunatic, hence the story of we got to go to the computer machine lab and everyone sat down. But they didn't they didn't have enough computer machines to give each one of us our own computer. So we sat two to a terminal and we all got buddied up. And I was buddied up with a kid that I'd known pretty much through all of primary school. And I don't want to say his name because I don't this, – this story is going to go to get, take a hard left <laughs> in a second, which is uh, he turns to me and he goes, hey, they're letting us use this thing. I said, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to look up information about Animaniacs because I heard that on this computer thing, on this internet thing, they have lots of information about Animaniacs. And I really like that show being in fifth or sixth grade. But I think fourth or fifth grade I think at the time. And, and they have pay or play contracts. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. And, and so I was like, uh, punch up some punch up some Animaniacs on this thing. Like, I want to see, you know, I want the internet to come alive in front of me. And he turns to me and he goes, I'm not doing that. So why not? And he goes, because this thing is for porn. I said, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, look around. And I look up, like, you know, like meerkatted up. And I look around and all the other fucking kids are looking at porn or looking at, like, like basically immediate. It's like, like here am I, here's little me. And I'm like, I want to see something about Animaniacs. And I got fucking, like, Silk Road and, and, and fucking. There was no Silk Road then. I got, I got kids doing all sorts of shit around me. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, everyone's. Poor like, Russ Albrecht. Yeah, He's like, everyone else is doing it, and the teachers don't know because they're just fucking fixated, like, just fucking transfixed. Like, they, every, everyone is just obsessed with this new thing in front of them, including the teachers and the people in the front of the room are dicking around with the computer, and everyone's playing around on the internet. And and I was like, don't do not do that. You know, like, they'll know. And he's like, how are they fucking everyone's looking at this? Like, how are they going to know we're the ones? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, Animaniacs, we're safe. He's like, all right, this here's the This is a deal. weird conversation, Cap, conversation. Go on. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. He's like, here's the deal. We'll do half Animaniacs and half porn. How's that? And from that day forth, that's how I thought of the internet is like it's half Animaniacs and it's half porn. And I've never really revised that sort of thinking. Even even now where I'm on social media and the internet is slightly different than it was in like 94, 95. It is. It is. Absolutely. A little bit. A little bit different. A little bit. It's a lot different, frankly, but like it's. We're OG. Like, well, it is what it is. Like we're, we're like with the original internet gangsters. Maybe. Well, you were. I was fucking. I mean, come on. You we were hanging out in '96. Like it's pretty early. No, we we didn't really meet until '97. Not 2000, 2000. No, it was before '90s. It was before 2000. No. Really? No. Yeah, I'm young, man. I'm pretty. Young. I know you're young. Anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. We're, anyway, two thousand two thousand is junior year of high school for me. That's what that. That's what huh. we met. Mm-hmm. All so, right, I'll take I'll take you know, away for that. Fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Any, anyways, so yeah, I mean, I that's why I guess I don't really 
like understand like are we really gonna get angry about food like is that is like are we really gonna get like really torqued up about food are you right over there i'm just it took you 15 minutes to get to the sorry it took you 22 minutes to get to the oh we're getting angry about food but it took you 22 minutes to get to there this is internet boyfriends if anyone's if anyone's still listening to this, and I moved the know. I moved the mic far away from my mouth when I laughed to hopefully avoid the conversation about it, but like I laughed. It is what it is. It is what it is. So yeah, I mean that's but that's like I don't I don't get why of all the things to be tribal about why we're getting tribal about food now. It really feels like the final frontier of tribalism no. is when we're getting it. No. I think so. No, like you don't think so. What's no, next? We, then we we can get much Tribalism more top ten lists. Exactly. Like no, like food is a critical human component. Whether you decide to eat well or not, it is something that every person needs to do at least twice a day. I, sure. I will say generally three times a day, but at least twice a day. And so, like, food is an important thing. So, food is not the um, event horizon. Of internet discussions. There is farther into the black hole than food. I think. You think. And that might be because I'm from Montreal, which is a, a city well known for its food, that loves its food, and cares about food a lot. And and Joey's from New suburban New Jersey, which feels like a strip mall, essentially. Well, I, you know what? You got a point. You want to hear another story? So he might have different views of food than I do. And so we might think different things of where the the food tribalism would fit in the general scheme of things of where we have crossed too far down the scope of like, oh, we are now the bottom of tribalism. Whereas I think, I think food tribalism is sort of the middle of tribalism. And this is what we're going to argue, apparently. <laughs> No, no, no. I want to. I'm going to tell another story, which okay. is I think that I think that maybe, maybe, just maybe, it's it's a personal thing for me because um, growing up, if I ever said to anyone in my family, like, "Hey, I really like pancakes," I knew I was going to be eating pancakes for the next month because when you like, like, my mom really cares about me. Uh, I know that. I know that. I've gone through enough therapy sure. to know that she cares about me, or at but, least the idea of you. Yeah, at least the idea of me. And so that's the thing. If I say like, "Hey, I really love pancakes," she'll be like, "Hey, you're gonna get like a crate of pancakes because that's how I like. It. That's the best I can do. Like, sure. I can't, you know, like I don't really know. I can't remember the previous things that you said that you like, but I can certainly remember pancakes. That's that's like a one item list right there. I can do that. And so they're easy. I gotta just and they're easy. So I've gotten in the habit of not ever telling anyone what I really like with anything, really, true, truly. Like, it's very rare that I can say, like, what's a favorite or, you know, what I could – because to me, if I say to you, hey, I'm a really big fan of uh, the guy who writes Zero for Image. Alice um, Coat. Alice Coat. Uh, Coat? I said Coat. I don't know if it's Coat or Coat, but A-L-E-S. Yeah, L-E-S. K-O-T. Exactly. That guy. Really good writer. I like him. If tomorrow I found out I woke up, someone listened to this podcast, and then he was writing every comic, I would be very scared. Because to me, like being an adult child, being a child in an adult's <laughs> body, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid if I ever say to anyone, like, hey, because I don't. I don't oh, mind. adult child is such a great descriptor. It is, but I, I don't, I don't like. I, I feel like I'm that, um, like the gypsy danger, or I'm the, um, the giant mech being operated by a child. Uh, like that's 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 how I feel as an adult because I'm a big gangly dude with a little kid inside, and <laughs> I, I hate to spell it for you as the quote unquote relatively well adjusted of the two of us. It's not going to stop. You're always going to feel like the guy managing some sort of larger automaton. I never, I never intended for it to change. Matter of fact, okay. I look forward to the day when I'm 80 Just years making old sure. and the child goes, oh my God, <laughs> like an 80 year old man. Oh God, no. Uh, yeah. No, but I like, if you said to me, do you like pineapple? My response would be, I'm not a huge fan of pineapple. If That's I would never dumb. order pineapple pizza for myself. And, and okay. I think like, I tried. I, understand, I juice. sort of understand fan. the pizza thing, but pineapple's fucking delicious. Whether you have a pizza it's or not right. is a separate question, but pineapple is delicious, and grilled pineapple is even better. It, it's. I think it's okay. Ugh. I think it's okay. 
in the same way, in the same way that I can tolerate green peppers and you can't. Green peppers are ugh. Now, here's the thing, though. This is my noise now. No, I, I, I know you've definitely hit on a noise, but green peppers <laughs> taste like dirt. I'll say that without the noise. They, they may taste like dirt. I couldn't tell you, because well, what I taste is not that. I've tasted and... dirt because I've grown up as a child who in, ingested things. Just eat and, and really green, of dirt. And, and green and yellow peppers taste significantly less like dirt than green peppers. Uh, sorry, red and yellow peppers taste like significantly less like dirt than green peppers do. Green peppers are unripe peppers. They're fully, the, objectively, whether they taste like dirt or not, they're unripe capsicums. Yeah, but calves are unripe cows and they still make a mean veal ha except i just watched the dan barber episode of chef's table oh no where he he lets the veal graze and raise and eat and suckle on their mother's teat and not just be like oh we are baby cows we're gonna slaughter without any exposure to humanity humanity is their own choice reality they, they, where they don't get to eat and graze or suckle on their mother's teats. And, and Dan Barber, who is a very, if you're a food person, Dan Barber is a guy who is very much into the local and, uh, uh as good, make, make the ingredients as high quality as possible. So sure. like his family has a farm in Massachusetts, in the Berkshires of Massachusetts, where they, where they grow, uh, cows, chickens and goats and pigs. Because that works for the uh, the dynamics of the farm, where each animal will work on different areas of the farm to help promote growth, and he he grows grass otherwise. Uh, but he, as he's a dairy farmer, also occasionally he will produce male uh, f- uh, baby cows, which are not uh, which are veal essentially. I'm, I'm gonna say not foals, but they're veal. Let's say veal. He produces mm-hmm. veal. And lots of veal producers will be like, oh, we have this thing. Let's let's just feed it what it can take and kill it as soon as possible. Whereas Dan Barber, who is a phenomenal chef and well-respected, will let the veal suckle and eat and grow up as a baby cow should grow up. And apparently it turns the veal from white meat to dark meat, basically. And I would kill. I mean, that's that's. This is a little object. This is harsh. Well, you are. I would not actually kill anyone. To eat. I would not actually kill anyone to eat uh, barber family veal. But I would love to eat barber family veal to know what the difference is between that veal and the crappy fake beef that is veal that you can get in the grocery store. Yeah. Um. And and, and food is important to me. Like. I grew I, I grew up eating standard wasp food, I will say. In that it's it's not terribly flavorful. It's a, a meat and a starch and a veg. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. Um and, and that's what I grew up with, and Ed Michelle has changed that in me in that I like flavor now. Which is a shocking thing. You don't understand that if you grew up eating roast beef, mashed potatoes, and Green beans. Steamed broccoli or green beans. Yeah. You don't understand that there's flavor. No. Like, you understand these are what this is. The food tastes okay. It's fine. It's fuel. But once you understand that the spices exist, that there's flavor in food. And you can make all those things that they taste delicious while also being nutritious. And and I'm now, and since I crossed that threshold after meeting Michelle, and I'm now in the place where I still can't eat onions or mushrooms, but like, I will eat a lot of food and be like, oh, let's put some flavor onto this food. Let's make this taste good. Let's put some cumin or spices or herbs and like basil and oregano and whatever. It's all delicious. Like, these are delicious things that make food taste good that I did not grow up with. And, and I don't think my, my mom's a bad cook. No, but oh, hold on, hold on. You don't think that it has anything to do with time? Because now it's a hundred percent a time thing. Like I'm a more mature yeah. person now, so I'm more open to eating. No, I was saying a global market thing of where when when our parents mm. were cooking. What? No, I mean yes and no, yes and no. 
shit, you can go get like frozen whatever nowadays. Like you can get frozen Indian food nowadays. Back years ago, like 20, I, 30 years I ago. I absolutely was... agree. I don't think if I grew up now and my parents were the same parents I had, it would change the food I ate at all. Be- huh. and, and, I mean, and that's, uh, and that is because my parents grew up when they grew up more than anything. I can't fast forward my entire life 20 years. So yeah. I have to, I have to fix my life in the, I was born in 1980. My parents were born in the fifties. And so like, I, they, they, like it is what it is. Like my bed was 30 when I was born. So like when I was 26 or seven or whatever it is, I'm not going to do the math, but like I was in the late twenties, but I was in thirties. And so, like, we, we grew up with whatever they grew up with, and there wasn't all the other foods. And my mom cooks all sorts of other things now. Like, and now that I've left the house and, like, it's just her and my dad, they, they cook more interesting things than I, as an extremely picky child, pre-Michelle, ate. Like, I ate nothing. And that is all on me. It's not, I, I mean, I can't. Well, no, I mean, I was as a teenager, I grew up in that sort of that sort of situation. I mean, I grew up in a household where hummus was an extreme, crazy ethnic food. I never even saw hummus yeah, until I left my parents' house. Yep, same here. Hummus was ooh, what the hell is a hummus? I mean, I left my parents' house in nineteen, and, and no, not nineteen, in the year two thousand. In the year two thousand, <laughs> like I left my parents in the year two thousand, so like hummus is not a thing. Like I've, I'm old enough now that I left before food was a thing. In a, you know what I mean? Like food was a staple we needed to eat to fuel our bodies to survive. Food was not a quote unquote thing pre the year two thousand. Yeah, pre okay. Top Chef even. Like Top Chef is a really like kick things up a notch. As as chefs would say, as a specific chef, actually, you know what? You know what? I, no, I, I'm gonna. We're gonna talk about the same person. Emerald, yeah, Emerald. Emerald's yeah. like Emerald's the turning point. I would say. Yeah, Emerald was the turning point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I, and that is, and this is probably post 2000, but pre Top Chef. I would guess. I'm not gonna Google it now, but uh, I, I would guess that uh, that uh, Emerald was post 2000. I would, but not a lot post 2000, like 2000. early 2000s. His show started in '97, so I'm willing to, willing to give it a couple of years for him to like really get through to 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 my parents because my the first okay like, we'll say Perry spice. 2000. Yeah, the first actual spice that came into our house that was like, hey, we're really gonna we're gonna kick things up a notch was was from fucking Emerald. Like, I remember my dad bringing home the you know the Emerald can- canister or whatever it was. Like, oh, it's it's the bam, it's the thing. In Canada, we didn't have that thing. So like I'd already, I I'd moved out of my parents' house in the in two in the year two thousand. So like whatever flavoring and herbs and spices they may have learned post emerald did not hit me because we didn't have emerald right away. Yeah. Because we're in Canada, we always get things delayed. At least at, at that point. Now we have satellite TVs, so we get food TV, food network, and all that stuff. But like in the year two thousand, and that's the only way to reference the year two thousand is in the year two thousand. We didn't have those things. We had, like, we had regular network TV. We might have had America's Test Kitchen and Cooks Illustrated. But we had one of those shows at that point. There weren't two at that point. So, like, it was a Kate, like, it was everyone found. It was interesting. And she couldn't be bothered because she knew before Michelle I would eat nothing with onions in it, nothing with mushrooms in it, nothing with anything interesting in it. It was all about bland meat, potatoes, and some sort of steamed or boiled vegetable yeah. that was had as little flavor as possible. Like I, my vegetable list was broccoli, cauliflower, corn, Peas. green beans, and maybe spinach. Huh? And spinach is the divining line of like, oh, you're adventurous. Like spinach was like, yeah. oh, yeah, it is. spinach had flavor. Cream spinach or normal spinach? Regular spinach. I don't, I don't like creamed corn or cream. I don't like creamed anything. Okay. But like growing up, that was all I ate. It was like I ate a meat, which was generally a roast or a grilled something, some sort of potato. There was no rice or no anything else, and some sort of veg, which was generally because I was a picky eater: steamed broccoli, steamed cauliflower, or a casserole version of either with bacon and cheese, and like some sort of way to make it palatable for me to eat these vegetables. And so uh, until. I met someone who I wanted to have sex with who want, ate more interesting food. I ate boring food. 
And once I wanted to have sex with the person who ate interesting food, I was like, oh, I actually eat more interesting food. So now I've been Indian and Mexican and Japanese and Spanish and Chinese and all these other interesting foods that are delicious. And so I've opened my pizza palette beyond pepperoni and cheese exclusively to like, I will eat anything that tastes delicious on a pizza. Like, I will have a pizza that is just mozzarella and basil. Because that's delicious together. Well, it is, yeah. And that's a classic pizza topping. And and at this point, a long time ago, that was not a thing in Montreal. That was a thing in maybe New York, because they were, they're the avant-garde of the, the new world food. And I think New York can, is objectively that. And the and Europe, like in and, 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 and Montreal, no one was eating pizza that wasn't just like, oh, let's just throw pepper and cheese or in Montreal all dressed or whatever. And all just piece of Montreal is, is green peppers, mushrooms, and pepperoni. That is called all dressed. It's a good pizza. I'm not saying otherwise, except green peppers are terrible. But like, I have a friend who went to New York and ordered an all dressed pizza and came with a pizza with everything on it. And was extremely disappointed, <laughs> but like it's, it's the thing, like pizza. Like if, if you firm at some point, you will decide that this is what food is. You will decide that pizza is a savory food, and I think that anyone who is against pineapple on pizza or blueberries on pizza is like pizza is a savory food, objectively. And I'm, I'm pro pineapple pizza. I mean, I'm pro Hawaiian pizza. I will say specifically because ham is, is savory and sweet and pineapple is a complex sweetness. It's not like ham and sugar pizza or ham or whatever. Like pineapple has flavor and sweetness and it balances well with the ham. And it's best with also some sort of spice on it, either chili flakes or something else that will make it spicy. And I think if without the spice, it's not really that great. But with the spice, I, it's good. I and I, I think so. that's what most of the issue with pineapple pizza is, is that it's just like, oh, it's a sweet bomb of whatever without making it, giving it some depth of other flavors of spice and good ham Whereas most places are like, oh, ham, whatever, ham's cheap, I'll just throw some ham on. And cheap ham is just loaded like sweet pork. It doesn't yeah. have a lot of flavor to it beyond sweet pork. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I, I love sweet pork. I grew up on sweet pork. I had ham steaks with ketchup on it for decades. Yeah. But like, it's not something I want on a pizza. <laughs> I want pure clean flavors as such I want I'm happy with pineapple and ham and some chili flakes that makes a great pizza and I I was at the place where we're gonna get married when Michelle and I get married and we had I had the Hawaiian pizza which was really good ham pineapple and a nice chili pepper oil on it and tasted delicious okay well then I have two questions for you and I'm not gonna warn you I'm gonna warn you now it's probably not gonna be a pineapple pizza at the wedding we'll probably have a few pizzas that are reasonable without pineapples no if if you if you serve me pineapple pizza at your wedding it would be one of the best pizzas I've ever had because it to me it will be because this place is great yeah it's a great place I'm not you don't know but you will I will I will no I I would I'm gonna hold you to that if you don't I'll be very upset (laughs) You don't have to get upset. You don't have to get upset. Everything's I hope gonna be not. Okay. I hope not. Everything's gonna be okay. I have two questions to wrap this up. Okay. The first one is, I guess part of the reason why I brought this up and the reason I felt all about this way about everything is that everything we've been saying is that about that jump from what used to be to what is of people that uh, I don't think there's any other way of saying it are privileged. You know, we, we well, it's, it's kind of charmed the, life. It's kind of the, the movies and music thing. Like you, you get stuck on the music and movies you like, you don't go back to the seventies and whatever of the pushing the boundaries of the genre. You enjoy uh content. And so pineapple pizza is sort of that way. In that you are used to a certain kind of pizza, and that the way you're used to a certain kind of music or movie, and if you're not the kind of person who will watch Easy Rider or 
um, listen to some random, listen to T Rex or something. Well, I thought you were going to say that pineapple pizza is the Warren Zevon of pizzas, which I probably would agree That's with. That's probably fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, at a certain point, you, at a certain age, you sort of set your views in, in concrete, basically. Like, you mm-hmm. get, you get stuck. And I don't think either of us are in that way. And I'm older than you. I'm still in that way. I don't think. But like, I don't think we're ever going to be that way, though. I, I really hope neither of us are. But like, lots, the vast majority of people, and I'm not saying this in a judgmental way, but the vast majority of people get stuck in a like, oh, I've now become comfortable. I will consume whatever media it is that makes me, that reinforces this comfort, comfort. Yeah, but don't you think that has to do with And I think food of- is the same thing. Like if you if you grew up with a wide variety of food, you can be comfortable with a large amount of food. But I'm lucky in that uh, this sounds super pretentious. I'm lucky in that I did not grow up terribly comfortable in what I consumed. As such, I've been constantly trying to like reach for the edges of things. Mm-hmm. And so I have have since then tried to consume more interesting kinds of food, and I'm better for it, I think. But like it, it doesn't. It, at certain point, you get set, right? Like, and 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 whether you push beyond that or not is whether you, how easy your life is. I'm gonna say, like, if your life is fairly easy in that you don't have to pay for rent or food to pay for your kids to eat and live you can push farther and more forcefully than other people could. Well, actually, And I don't think that if you're a 20-year-old who has a kid and marries and has a family... Oh, you're having craft dinner. Yeah. That if you stop at a certain point, I don't think that's a bad thing because you really have other shit to worry about. Sure. But as yeah. a 34-year-old who is not yet married and has no kids, if I'm stuck eating chicken fingers and... Lipton's chicken noodle soup. I'm a terrible fucking person. I, you know, I, I wanted as you were saying this, I really wanted to disagree with you. But the more, the longer you went on, and the more I'm chewing this over in my head, the more I actually feel like I kind of. Not, I don't know if I go so far as a terrible person, but I because I I was gonna say. That well, you're at least a lazy person. If you if you don't yeah. have kids or any worries for money in your 30s and still are eating garbage food. You're at the very worst, la- at the very best, lazy. Well, because you, can, I think you can learn to cook for relatively cheap and come up with some really cool options if you live pretty much anywhere but the center of the country. Center if you of, live of in America. any major city, or near any major city, if, or, you, if yeah. you've seen a Whole Foods in the last week, yeah. If, if you are in, a, if yeah. you are in, a, if you are in an area that is near a Whole Foods, you can cook well for a reasonable price. The issue is if it also happens in a reasonable amount of time. I think time is more of an issue for more people than the cost of things. Oh shit, yeah. That's why people drink fucking McDonald's milkshakes yeah. for breakfast. I I feel yeah. like I feel like even people that are relatively well off are super busy and come home and like, oh, we have to cook something. And like, oh, what can we do in twenty minutes? Yeah, and, but for those and, people they're still Trader Joe's. I mean you can go to fucking Trader Joe's. And, and like yeah. Jimmy Elmer has a whole book on those things and it's a great book. But like it's yeah. still like within if you're less than thirty minutes you you are restricted, and you're mostly like uh, let, uh, sear these things and put some spices on it is essentially what you're going to do, in sort of a wide variety of uh, ingredients. But essentially, what's going to be is is stovetop cooking in some form with spices on it. So what we're saying is, and that's not a bad thing. Tribalism. It's still better than roasting everything or boiling everything to death. Yeah, which is yeah. what my grandparents would have done. Well, because that's how you make the food safe to eat. Of course, and that, but yeah. and, and like it, it is what it is. But like it's it's and my, it's my grandparents did objectively, and what my parents do much less of, and what I will do significantly less of, and that I will like oh, I will buy things that are fresh and cook them when they're fresh, in some way, and I'm a terrible fucking example because I hate most vegetables, but like. I'm, I still try to eat relatively well and I, I count on Michelle entirely for this kind of stuff because she does the research and finds ingredients and, and recipes for all these things that like help me eat well and ideally get under 195 pounds. 
which is what I'm working on right this current second of recording. I need to lose, currently I lose 15 pounds. Yesterday, yesterday I need to lose 18 pounds, but it is what it is. But like, we, we work on it. We find good food that is prepared well and is low calorie, but tastes delicious because spices are a wonderful fucking thing. Yes. And as sure. a kid, the spices were salt and pepper. Like, yeah. that was it. And I don't know if it's because, I, I don't know if it's the same for you or if I'm a little older where that was what it, it is. It was, I said that 20 minutes ago. Yeah, like it's, it, like it's, what I th- like it's salt and pepper with the spices, maybe cumin and basil. Like we add occasional herbs, like herbs, like herbs I occasionally cross over more, like uh, basil and uh, oregano and rosemary and thyme may have crossed over earlier. And cumin is the only spice that may have crossed over earlier but otherwise like all spices and herbs beyond those things were like nope not gonna use these things and and now that i've moved my parents cook much better but like when i was there i was a horrible drain of my parents creativity and i'm a terrible person for that (laughs) i think you were a child is what it was i was but like but like it is it is true that like i I'm sure my mom and dad would have loved to cook more interesting food, but I was like, no, this is terrible garbage that tastes like the stuff I've eaten for the last 20 years. And so, like, I would not eat it. I was a giant asshole from 15 to 20. <laughs> like, from pre-15, I was a kid. From 15 to 20, I knew better. And was still a total asshole. And I'm still, like, I'm fucking 34 right now and I can't eat onions reliably. I know. And that's I, terrible. Second question. Second question. We're wrap this up. Sorry. Second question. Real quick. Yeah. Should brunch be a food that's half lunch food and half breakfast food or a fusion of the two meals to make a wholly new dish? I'm going to go with fusion, generally speaking. I thought so. And I, I, I come from a place where the breakfasts are heavy. Like Montreal breakfasts are bacon and eggs and sausage and potatoes. And like it's a heavy breakfast. Like we are not the continental the- breakfast. I come from the bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel, so that's that's. Oh, we are bacon and cheese with a bagel, yeah, or toast, and like it's so that's an additional thing, not a a, a wrapper for the thing. Like so, it, it is what like uh, I'm sure it's the same as the Americans. Like it's it is like we we grew up in a a a culture that grew up cold and frigid because six months of the year it's freezing, so we eat heavy rich food. And even the great restaurants in Montreal serve heavy, rich food because that's the Quebec culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's if a, bacon and eggs is is my jam. <laughs> <laughs> but bacon and eggs is a breakfast food. It is. I mean, I've had it for dinner. I've had it for dinner. Oh, I've had it for dinner too. Like, I'm but not, still, I'm not, that I'm would not, be considered breakfast for dinner. It. It. Yeah. Exactly. It is framed in that way. Like. It, I think two days ago we had bacon and eggs for dinner, and I was like, oh, Michelle made me an omelet with. We had mm-hmm. some cheese, and she put some. We had some uh, good ham and other things in it. She made it for me, and I put, I put on some rye bread toast. I made it, put some blueberry jam on it. It was delicious, and we both love food and eat lots of interesting and crazy food. But like sometimes you just want bacon and eggs. You know what I just realized though, and sometimes you want a fucking Costco hot dog. Yeah, no, it's not even that. Well, yeah, the Costco hot dog. Sometimes I do want a Costco hot dog. I just realized my entire argument this whole podcast is that people shouldn't be talking about food because it it, it really isn't interesting. To me, food, I guess, was a private thing. I don't like talking too much about food or my like of food, my love of food. In the same way, I don't like talking a whole lot about music because it's very hard for me to describe what I like about music or or to convey it to others. We're missing that vocabulary. Yeah, I am missing the vocabulary, but now I've realized I've been talking to you for an hour now about fucking food, and I'm like, man, this is gonna be a really boring ass podcast if I'm right. <laughs> so let's hope not. Let's hope that other people are also interested in food. We talked about it. I, mean, I, I, know, is. I know. I know that other people are interested in food. I know that foodie culture is a thing. I've seen enough episodes of Bob's Burgers. It, it's so much that, a thing that Quebec decided we they need a word for foodie, and really? Quebec came up with a French word for foodie. Which is cuisino man? Ah, oh, Jesus! Which is short for cuisine cuisino maniac, which in English is 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 basically food maniac, which is basically foodie. Food and, maniac. And, 
And Quebec is so fucking insecure about French that they couldn't just take foodie and say, oh, foodie's the word. Like, oh, we have to come up with our own fucking word for it. And it's cuisine a man. Food maniac sounds like something you would find in, like, the DSM-2. Like, some <laughs> sort of psychological disorder they came up with in the 50s. Like, oh, you know her. She's, She's a, a real food, food maniac. maniac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's Quebec for you. And they're completely insecure in French language laws. And that they like, oh, we can't have... We can have hot dog on every restaurant whatsoever, because if you an hot dog and she show, no one says uh, she show. It's a uh, uh, hot dog, but like it, it doesn't matter where that is. Hot dog is fine, but pasta, not acceptable. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, As such, foodie not acceptable in Quebec. A foodie is in cuisine man. I think I'm ready to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we we agree that food is a completely subjective thing. Where if you've grown up with it bland, you want to push for a better. If not otherwise, it is what it is. I think that even people nowadays, people that grew up with a... In my my experience growing up, we would call it ethnic food. Anything that's really ah. like spicy or interesting in any way is ethnic food. And to me, I've explored out into ethnic food. Whereas I think that people, grew up, people that grew up with it can just go deeper with yeah, it. They this is food. Tea. Yeah, this is food. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no, all, so. all, uh, any food with flavor for me is an adventure. Yeah. And that's... Food adventure. The that best it, kind it of It is what it is, and my, my mom and or dad may listen to this at some point, and I don't begrudge them anything for what they've done. But since well, they, then... they fed you. They fed you for 18 years. They fed years, me great so. and did a great job with yeah. as picky as I was at the time. Yeah. Where I couldn't use having sex in its use for trying new food. <laughs> and so they settled on, like, oh, Ryan will eat this. I will cook it for him. Where he doesn't complain. And yeah. they cooked lots of good food as good as they could within that framework. And I'm apologizing for them, but my parents are great and did great things. I, and they did as good as I can for a person who was a pain in the ass as I was in the pre-18 era I was. Giant <laughs> asshole. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to get us across the finish line here. Yeah, I know. We talked we talked about tribes of food and I I started off with that at at 20 minutes in and it didn't work. But it is what it is. We we enjoyed food and like food. And if you're picky about food, you should stop being picky about food. And if you want to talk to us about food, you can yeah. find us on Twitter. I'm at Joey Heflick and with me as always is is Ryan at Gobo. You can find us both at, at @internetbfs on Twitter. Oh, you're actually using that account now. Well, I've always used that account. I always oh, I tweet initially any thoughts about Internet Boyfriends from that account. It's mostly just retweeting your idea, saying, oh, it's a new podcast. And occasionally... I should, I should, I should follow that account, then. <laughs> you, you really shouldn't. It gets retweeted occasionally. I always retweet them. I, I What I do is I post the tweet from that and then retweet it from at Gobo. Yeah. Which I occasionally use on Instagram. Really, just search for Ryan Kloss. C-L-O-S-S and you'll find me because I'm open and honest with who I am. Doing that social media marketing. I am. Anyway, it is what it is. Until next time. Yeah. Take care. See you then. Love you all. Yeah. Love you too.